You're listening to the Big Locals Podcast, a podcast platform built to serve the locals. Join us as we follow the innovative, eccentric, and movers and shakers of the Denver community. Brought to you by the not-so-local host, Ian Jimeno. Shop local, support local. Big Locals Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Big Locals Podcast. I am your host, Ian Jimeno, and I just want to tell you probably the most important piece of information that I have ever heard in a long while. Don't keep raw cheese in your purse and then eat it on the train on a hot day in July in Paris. This valuable quip will make much more sense when you listen to the episode coming up featuring Kate and Zoe of Moon Raccoon Baking Company. These two, Kate and Zoe, have created so many tasty pastries over the lifetime of their business, starting in January of 2020 from vegan tahini, chocolate chip cookies, to sticky buns, to muffins, everything that you need for your carbo-loading pleasures. They are amazing. And I just picked up a combination of Kate's Pet Food or Kate's Pet Treats and um, Moon Raccoon Eggnog Snickerdoodle Cookies. And they look amazing. I haven't tried it yet, but I am so excited a little bit more about Moon Raccoon. They are collaborating with so many of our local businesses and community groups, like uh, like I said before, with Kate's Pet Food or Pet Treats, uh, Sfolina, and even the indigenous community of Spirit of the Sun. Can't wait to see what they bake up next. Now, this conversation is a little bit more than just their company. Um, we also talk about the locally sourced ingredients and immense help that they got from the local businesses around, including a uh, Dry storage, the inspiration behind starting Moon Raccoon, where Kate and Zoe got their name, and the values that they wanted to implement within their business as they started growing. Um, Also, I really enjoy their um, bartering system that they're trying to implement uh, for people who can't really afford the goods that they create, but who want to contribute to the cause all while making friends at the same time. So really excited for you guys to listen to this episode. Um, after you listen to it, be sure to leave a like, follow, subscribe, review five stars or whatever for the podcast. I want the world to hear about the up and coming Denver entrepreneurs and artists of this day and age. A couple of shout outs here. Uh, Kate and Zoe would have never been able to get this far without their own support foundation. Uh, every person and organization they mentioned in, is in the show notes for your benefit. There are a couple of shout outs that didn't make the audio cut, but I do want to mention them here in the intro. Uh, Sandy Calistro of Tattoo Du Monde for creating the Moon Raccoon logo. Check out the logo slapped on the merch, uh, which is available on the website. And Natalia Sullivan's local handmade jewelry. Uh, her business is called Wild Dreams. I'm really digging the turquoise with the silver pieces and definitely check it out. It's perfect for the holiday season for your favorite person. Also for the bartering system, it came out on December 2nd and the program allows community members who cannot financially afford to purchase the pastries that Moon Raccoon uh, comes out with. And um, it's nice to have that direct trade relationship with them uh, for the goods and services. If you have any questions about it or if you're interested in the bartering system, email the Moon Raccoon crew at moonraccoonbakingco@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Now, the featured song is 
Colorado from the album How to Break Your Own Heart by the David Kishner Band, recommended personally by Kate and Zoe themselves. This lively rockin' band really likes to have fun with their music. After me listening to the whole album, uh, the moment I heard this song in specific, though, it reminded me of Road Trips and The Wild Wild West. Uh, you got to check out this band f- mainly for your soul. Um, they're on all major platforms and where you stream music. Check them out. One more huge shout out to Pablo Villalpando out in the San Jose, California area for working on the Big Locals website. Pablo himself has a local mindset, helping out the smaller businesses and side hustles, such as this podcast, with a bartering system. I agreed to trade some of my home-brewed beer for his services on the website. Check out his own website and become part of his own bartering system. Or if you need an SEO expert, search engine optimization expert for your website, look for pablovielpondo.com. I'll put his website in the show notes, so check that out. Lastly, I have a really cool giveaway coming out right before the Christmas season. I've been giving away several goodies handmade by the locals here in Denver, such as a jar of cream kimchi, pasta from Savolina, chili paste from Miso Hot, treats from Kate's Pet Food, and others. Um, to enter the giveaway, I'll be asking you to do some free tasks that ultimately helps out these businesses and Big Locals podcast. Uh, stay tuned and follow my Instagram to know what those tasks are and you'll be in the running. It's going to be really cool. And without further ado, let's jump into the conversation with Kate and Zoe and their business, Moon Raccoon Baking Company. Zoe, thank you so much for hanging out with me. How are you? Good, good. good How are you? Awesome. Um, I love your artwork in the background, Kate. Thank you. It's amazing. Uh, almost all of the art I own is made by friends. Properly. Um, <laughs> I don't want to say it's a um, little self-centered if you have your own art. I mean, I certainly have some of my old like kid art in my uh, walls of my bedroom, but nonetheless, uh, still really cool to have those memories of friends out on your walls and it feels a little bit more like home having other people there especially during covid time right absolutely yeah for sure well um thank you for joining me um tell us a little bit about yourselves and how you guys are maybe zoe first uh how you are affiliated with uh denver colorado and how long have you been living here um i've been in colorado for like Eight years. Um, I moved here um, to do my first internship or my second internship for culinary school in Boulder at the St. Julian Hotel. Um, And it just turned into a job and I stayed because I really liked it here. Um, And I I left after like living in Boulder for three years and uh, moved to Portland, Oregon for a year and a half. And then um, I missed uh I missed the sunshine. So I came back. <laughs> um yeah. Awesome. And what about you, Kate? Uh I've been out here for almost six years. I did a short about a year in San Francisco in the middle of there. Um and I originally moved out here. I lived in uh, Longmont and went to culinary school in Boulder uh, and then moved down to Denver for my internship. I don't know. It's the first place I've ever moved back to. And I just enjoyed 
the weather, the general social mindset, the newness of the food industry and how much like cool growth and potential there was here and the cool stuff people were doing. So, yeah, for sure. And is that where y'all met over at culinary school or was that after? Okay. Yeah, we went to different culinary schools. I went to uh, New England Culinary Institute in Vermont. But we met at uh, at Hinman's Bakery. Um, I was the the pastry chef and uh, on the founding team there. And uh, Kate joined us. What like a year in? Something like that. Something like that. So yeah. you went to Vermont, Kate? Is that? Am I getting that right? Zoe went to and Vermont. You- I went to uh, the Augusta Scafier School of Culinary Arts in Boulder, Colorado. Okay. Gotcha. 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 And then you eventually wanted to branch out into more of the pastry, the Vienna Zui. <laughs> uh, um, I did their pastry program. I started working in kitchens when I was 14. Um, and even during college, like worked in and out of different restaurants and little shops where I went to school. And after I left college, I just kept doing it. And at 22 decided that I really loved to bake and I lived, really loved to make pastries and I wanted to know more. So I went um, and I did an accelerated course. So it only took me six months. Uh, and then that's pretty much what I've been doing since. Gotcha. And um, to my knowledge, you, so you both met at Hinman's Bakery mm-hmm. where yeah. you first uh, started working together. How long ago was that? And how long have you, or were you working at Hinman's? Three years now. Yeah, three years ago, um, I was there for a total of three years, and yep. <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was that also um, pastry related, or did you delve into other things as well? It was solely pastry. Um, we did a lot of pies there. It was a wholesale bakery for a while, and then uh, we moved into doing retail uh, maybe like a year and a half into it. Um, so we were providing... Uh, pies and uh like components to plated desserts um to hotels and restaurants in the denver boulder area gotcha that sounds amazing i mean i'm all about pies uh i i I, when i interviewed for my current job they asked me are you a cake guy or are you a pie guy we asked that at my job for every new person as well really yeah we work at the same spot you work at Uchi? I've never seen you there. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know. That I, that was such an interesting question to me. Um, but I'm definitely a pie guy. Uh, I love my pies, uh, except ice cream cake. I love my ice cream cake. Um, but um, that sounds amazing. And I think my one of my favorite pie shops uh, is Idlewise. Um, I'm from San Diego, California, and they have a couple of those over there. And German pastries, uh, German pies, apple pies, um, and Dutch pastries, I effing love. And especially when it comes to uh, Dutch stuff and uh, learning about the European scene, you guys traveled to Europe together, right? I guess we did. did. Excellent. Tell us a little bit about that. Kate, you want to you want to talk a little bit about that? (laughs) Sure. Um, So I. Worked at Hinman's for about a year, and Zoe and I left Hinman's at the same time, and neither of us really knew what we were going to do yet. And so, and we'd had like talks amongst the two of us and some other friends about going on a European trip. And uh, when it came down to it, just Zoe and I ended up going. Uh, <laughs> but we like 
we both really wanted to go. Zoe had never been and I hadn't been in a long time and we'd not, neither of us had ever been to France. And so uh, we did, did we do five days in Paris? I think. Four or five. Four or five. And we did yeah. uh, just like an overnight one day in Brussels. We did three days in Amsterdam. And then I believe in another, I did an additional five days in Munich. Um, and we just wanted to eat a lot of food and see a lot of cool history. And that's pretty much what we did. <laughs> we walked awesome. a lot. We walked so much. <laughs> <laughs> you had to work off the calories somehow, right? Yeah. yeah. Nice way to even yeah. everything out. <laughs> we were excited. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. And um, I actually was there in 2019. Um, well, not specifically those cities, but uh, Brussels, um, well, landed in London, uh, then went to Spain, uh, then uh, Brussels, Amsterdam, and then Rome. So we ended up doing like two and a half days in each place, which was like, it's kind of nice doing a little smorgasbord, like a sample size of everything, but you really don't understand the true like culture uh, just only staying there for a brief period of time, you know, uh, yeah. for staying in Munich for five days. I mean, that must've been like a nice culture shock, right? I mean, just, uh, <laughs> well, we spent, <laughs> we spent most of our time in Munich just being really sick with food poisoning. Oh, no. <laughs> we, so we didn't, we didn't do so much traveling around, um, as we would have liked. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a bummer. It was a yeah. big bummer. Yeah. yeah. Don't sure. keep raw cheese in your purse and then eat it on the train. <laughs> don't do that. All day in July in Paris. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't do that. Really bad life choice. As two <laughs> food safety certified adults. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say I would have done any better, but I might have done the same thing. That might have sounded really good it at the time. So delicious! It's really I good cheese. It's probably worth it just to try it. Yeah. I, if anything, it was aged cheese. <laughs> um, so, I mean, going through those cities in you know, Paris, Amsterdam, Brussels, um, have you found any pastries that were comparable here in America? And what do you think the main difference was between? European pastries and American? There's a lot of bakeries around the United States that definitely have that quality um, and that consistency and uh, just like the the attention to detail. They really uh, are like pushing. There are some places that are like so traditional there and, you know, you have to, re you respect that and like that's awesome to see. But there's also the, you know, the people like, uh, like Cedric Roulet and uh, uh, Pierre May and people like that who are like pushing flavor boundaries and, and putting together combinations that you don't see here in the States as much. Like they're, they're the ones at the forefront of, of switching that up and, and moving that forwards, which was really cool to see. I agree. I would say the only thing we ate while we were there that I've never like found comparable to in the u.s was a specific waffle we had in brussels such a good waffle, waffle maybe <laughs> it was a liege waffle but they had chocolate batons just like stuck in the the like 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 lengthwise through the waffle they like pulled it straight out of the iron and threw them in there so by the time they handed it to you and you bit into it all the chocolate was melted inside of it and it was like mess free delicious, phenomenal. We 
we like reconvene and discuss that waffle. I'd say every two months. <laughs> um, it's all been downhill from there. That was your highest point in your life. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And uh, speaking of Brussels, I uh, did a little bit of a quote unquote research, but I saw that you guys went to the Cantillon Brewery. Is that right? I, uh, I actually went on a trip uh, the following year with uh, my employer, Godzer, who which is uh, an awesome sour beer and cheese and charcuterie uh, restaurant um, in Five Points here in Denver. Cool. Uh, they took the whole staff to Belgium for the Tour de Goose, uh, and we went to Cantillon, and it was really cool. Mind-blowing. Just seeing, like, it's the it's the – only brewery still standing from before the second world war i believe because they were mostly uh stripped for uh metals uh so just you know seeing the cool ship up in the attic where that's like you know covered in spider webs and like you know they're just like the the spiders keep the flies out of the beer like it's like a symbiotic relationship and it's you don't see stuff like that in america they're like everything's very sterile like you know going through the usda and and all that stuff so it was it was really cool it was an amazing trip and uh they we got to see so many cool breweries and uh try some of the rarest uh goozes in the world uh it was wild. That's so cool. I also went to the Cantillon Brewery and uh, did my own little tour and I brew beer at home and uh, my wife set up that little uh, tour to go through the place and that was probably the coolest thing she ever set up for me. It was awesome. But, um, you know, in speaking of the symbiotic relationship um, where having this hot wort uh, cool down in the dead of winter in Brussels uh, where they lay it out as flat as possible so there's more surface area to the attic uh, bacteria or yeast. The yeast is so, I guess, quote unquote, strong or like formidable that it punches out the bacteria and it doesn't like spoil the beer. And the yeast actually has this, uh, you know, it's part of the environment. And right. um, it's, it's living sort of in the rafters. Exactly. Right. That's so cool. Right. And so it's a yeah. natural process and you will not have this beer anywhere else. You know, that's super cool. And, you know, here in America, like you said, it was very sterile. Um, it's very confined and controlled. So a lot of people can have uh, their clone of whatever beer that they like and sort of create their own monstrosity uh, in their own way. Um so, uh, yeah, just wanted to bring that up. That, that was really cool that you went to Kention and y'all went to Europe too. So that's pretty cool. You do, you do find some of that like specific yeast to specific places in bread culture in the U S like when you talk about San Francisco sourdoughs, wild yeast that lives in the air changes every five to 10 miles in an area. And so like, that's why San Francisco sourdough is so special because of the ocean and the salt in the air and the way the yeast has formed in that atmosphere is completely different than anywhere else. I had no idea. That's amazing. And do you think that might be something with the New York dough as well? Why their bagels are amazing? Do you think that might be why? I've heard they that. They always say that it's the water. The water, yeah. But who knows? The water. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say. There's something in the water. That's about it. So eventually you guys came back even better friends than before after going through that low point of food poisoning in <laughs> Munich um, and decided, you know what, after all that food poisoning, we're, we should start a company. If we can go through that 
uh, we can create a uh, baking company. So what is that company? And, um, you know, why, why did you think that was such a great idea? Maybe Kate could uh, go first. Sure. So the company is Moon Raccoon Baking Company. Um, and we many times throughout our friendship, including while we were in Europe, had conversations about the issues in our food industry. Um, after working together uh, in the middle of our careers and then separating to be working for other people and having all these exposures to different companies and the way they operate at different scales um, and within different facets of the food industry, uh, it seemed like the issues we had were consistent no matter what, which for us, a big thing was uh, work and life balance, uh, compensation for what you're putting into a company, uh, and just the consciousness of not only ingredient sourcing, but just like community um, and not just your food service community, but your whole community, where you live, the town you live in, the state you live in, um, how that reflects on your company. because part of being a business owner is asking your community to give you their money. Uh, and so what are you doing for them in return? And we just weren't seeing, not that there aren't people like that in Denver, but we just weren't seeing pastry programs in Denver that aligned with that. And so I believe it was January 1st of this year, 2020, we had our first official meeting about Moon Raccoon. Um, we had met before just to like, I think I had texted Zoe randomly in the middle of like a day and was just like, do you want to start a bakery? Because <laughs> I don't want to work at my job anymore. Um, <laughs> and she was like, I mean, yeah, maybe we should talk about this. Uh, so we had a meeting to talk it out. And then we had our first official Moon Raccoon meeting uh, January 1st of 2020. And we were just going really slow, you know, working on our business plan, just trying to think, you know, what's the best approach? How do we want to do this? Where do we want to be? What does it look like? What does employing people look like? Um, and we really hadn't landed on an identity yet. Uh, when we, when COVID-19 like hit in full force in the Denver area. Um, and, you know, literally overnight, everybody went from what is happening to, unemployed, everything's shut down. We have no idea what's going on. And so I think I did like a small bake sale out of my house just to make some money and was talking to Zoe about it. And she's like, well, how did it go? Was it good? And I was like, yeah, it was decent. I had like a quite a few friends who uh, were interested. I got a couple random people I didn't know from posting it in like some Facebook groups who ordered. Uh, and then it just started the conversation of like, what if we launched Moon Raccoon this way? Like, what if we just started this for however long we don't have jobs and we have all this free time and we put this work in now and then we just save all that money. We just build a nest egg for when we're ready. Um, and I guess we were ready then and we just didn't know it because <laughs> here we are still doing it. Yeah, and I think that's amazing where you realize that uh, you have a lot of control over what you want to say with, um, you know, what your company wants to uh, portray their values through. You know, I think values is super important these days. Uh, people are becoming more and more conscious of um, uh, who they're giving their money to. And um, they want to make sure that the employees are treated right. 
um, or they're buying locally sourced ingredients. They're just providing for the community and giving back. You know, it's not just a one-way street where um, you're giving me your money, but I also want to provide not just the product, but, you know, enrich the community as well. So um, the actual name, I'm curious, the actual name of Moon Raccoon, Zoe, where did that come from? Well, Kay likes to tell people that companies with double O's make more money. <laughs> and, and they're more successful. And that's why Gwyneth Paltrow named her company Goop. Goop. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but um, it, it really comes from um, a story that's in uh, Where the Red Fern Grows um, about, uh, if you're not familiar, I don't know who didn't read that like fifth grade, <laughs> but... Uh, uh, but the story is about this, uh, this young kid who really wants two hunting dogs, two coon hounds. And, uh, you know, it's in the middle of the depression and his parents are like, now you can make your own money and then you can do whatever you want with it. So he does, he like, he gets these, these puppies and he teaches them how to hunt raccoons. And, uh, anyways, in the, in the tale, there's a, there's an antidote about how raccoons, you can catch them by like putting a hole in a log and then putting something shiny in the log and they'll, they'll go right for the shiny thing and they'll never let go of it. Oh. Even if it like kills them, even if it hurts them, like they, they don't care. So uh, that's kind of morbid, but that's always <laughs> been like how I look at my goals, like, you know, hold on to it and go and do it. Yep. Hold on to it. And never let go. I yeah. think that's something to be said, uh, especially with, there's a lot of distractions out there. Um, speaking of that shiny object in the log, you know, a lot of people have shiny object syndrome and having uh, y'all do Moon Raccoon Baking Co. Um, it's, you know, what, several months in the making, almost a year in the making since your first meeting, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Congratulations. First of all, that's, that's amazing. Um, you know, keeping <laughs> through with that stuff and actually pursuing it. I think it's, uh, something to be said about that in you guys' fortitude and uh, mental. So that's awesome. And you guys are producing some great stuff. But before we get into the actual product part, um, you know, have you all made plans for like a brick and mortar place? Uh, right now, are you just doing everything at home? Or what's the situation like with actually baking your products? We're baking at home right now um, between our two separate homes. Uh, and we... Just divide, we divide the bake um, based on what each other's schedules look like during that time, how many orders for each item we got. Um, also, Zoe's KitchenAid mixer is a little newer than mine, so it can handle uh, making like brioche a lot better than mine does. So she, <laughs> she'll mix the dough. And then this last bake, she mixed the dough and brought it over to me and I finished them off here. Um, and so just whatever system ends up working out best. I mean, you know, I think everybody dreams about having a brick and mortar and you like think of, you know, we have definitely had dream talks about like our cute tiny cafe with our little Mrs. Buttersworth jar, like antique jarred uh, <laughs> lamps and, <laughs> and what our, our color palettes would be. But we want to grow into that. We don't want to rush that. Um, and we'd like to not be in any more debt in life in general than we have to be. So someday, someday, <laughs> you know, with your uh, situation, uh, baking at home and, uh, going through this COVID situation as well, you just don't know what's going to happen next. 
You know, um, I, I think having that same system over and over until you can actually pursue something a little bit more elevated, um, having the current situation that you're in is not a bad idea. I mean, keep going with what you have until you actually feel systematized and you got something down before you can go on to something like that. So I completely feel you on that. Yeah. I mean, there's all these, uh, there's all these like very uh, established restaurants and bakeries and, uh, food establishments that are, you know, they're not, they're not going to make it through all these shutdowns and all this, these restrictions that are being imposed because of COVID. And I mean, we, we just don't want to put ourselves in a situation that, uh, is going to end up poorly. Yeah. Jeopardize any of that stuff. Right. Right. Um, you mentioned that back in, uh, January that you might have some plans for hiring new employees. Do you have any other employees except for you two? Okay. (laughs) Just curious. Yeah. No, it was more a discussion of like when we eventually grow into having employees, like what what will that look like you know how will we benchmark like when that's gonna need to happen and like how will they fit into to our plans and you know how 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 we would want to be treating people who would be working for us eventually mm-hmm, mm-hmm. awesome and uh so i guess moving on to your pastries and your products and uh everything that you bake um i see that you all have a lot of cookies and i love cookies uh anything pastry related that has tons of sugar slash butter is um a a thumbs up in my book um what are some of these products that you have created along the way and what do you, what has sort of fallen off that path that you're like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. This is way too much time or effort compared to the end result, compared to things that you've perfected along the way that might be on your regular schedule this day and age. Well, we have a, we have a pact. We shook hands on it when we started the company. Um, we don't do bagels and we don't do cakes. Um, um, we, not that they're not good, not that they're not fun. Um, but I think sometimes you need to know your lane and those are both lanes that are hard to stray out of. Um, they're techniques and skills that need to be consistently worked on and perfected. And I mean, so is lamination when it comes to, uh, like croissants and danishes and, we both hold more passion and interest in that art form. And so if we're going to do something that takes a lot of dedication, we want to do that one. What's your take, Zoe? Has there been anything that um, maybe bagels, cakes, etc., <laughs> have been uh, sort of off the wayside when you are producing these things? I'm, I've been, I'm trying to think if there was anything that we made that we were like, we're never doing this again. Like this was way too much time or I can't I can't think of anything off the top um but we did have a couple of products that have become popular and that will probably keep our kolaches uh have been pretty popular mm-hmm. um and they're easy to like change into something that is a local flavor you know they can have any filling that we want to put in them um and the tahini chocolate chip cookies have been a big, big hit. So that'll probably be a regular, a regular item for sure. Cannot wait to get those <laughs> in my hands. It, those look amazing. One of these days. 
I mean, when it comes to, uh, you know, your travels through Europe and going through all these bakeries, um, and, uh, have you been translating them and the skills or maybe techniques that you have found over there into your main practice here? Not, not quite yet. I feel like we definitely have been discussing some of the flavor combinations that we saw and like branching off of those. Um, but it's going to kind of be, a a spring and summer thing because we got to wait for Colorado fruit to accomplish some of those items. Um, yeah. worth, worth the wait. Yes, most <laughs> definitely. And uh, speaking of, you know, waiting for the proper season and locally sourcing your ingredients, um, where are you sourcing your ingredients? Uh, I heard that you uh, all work with dry storage and Boulder, uh, Croft Family Farms. What are some of those uh, companies that you'd like to give a shout out to and why do you like working with them or what do you get from them? Yeah, uh, dry storage has been awesome to work with. Uh, they're a pretty new uh, mill um, that got added on to like an old, older hospitality group, um, i.e. hospitality. And uh, they are working with a farm, a wheat farm in uh, the San, in the San Luis Valley, I believe. Yep. Colton, their head miller has been a great resource Um yeah, I got to go up there and check out their mill um, a couple months ago, and he's just like a wealth of knowledge, just like you know, pointing us towards the right, the right flowers for for what pastries we're making, and you know their strengths and their flavor, their flavor components and that sort of thing. Um, and then uh, Croft Family Farms, we were getting um, eggs from during the summer, uh, and uh, fruit we've been getting. Right now we're getting it from Heine's Market just because the farmer's markets have ended and they uh, source from uh, the Western Slope and then bring it up to Denver and have it at their store. And they are an awesome uh, Denver area institution. They just celebrated their 70th anniversary. It seems like everyone wants to contribute too. I mean, not just to the local businesses, you know, for Croft Family Farms to help out you guys, but um, also... Um, giving knowledge and a lot of value to um, local businesses. Uh, I noticed that as a common theme where um, it's more than just a business transaction. You know, there's a lot more. Yeah. What's your take on it, Kate? I mean, with uh, way past the business transaction, it seems like there's a camaraderie there. There's some sort of partnership, right? I mean, so when Zoe and I first... So the first, like, I think the first two, one or two bakes we did, um, when we launched Moon Raccoon, we just, I mean, we didn't know what we were doing. Like we, we know how to bake and we know how to like, you know, everyone thinks they know how to organize a bake sale. No, you don't. If you've never done it, (laughs) you don't know what you're doing. Um, it was very like me going to the 7-Eleven next to my house in the middle at like 3 AM because I ran out of sugar um, because we scaled the recipe wrong. Um, and we decided that we wanted, like, after those first two bakes, we we're like, we need to, we need to fine tune the system a little bit and we need to start implementing the things that we care about in our company and in our productions. And that's when we started our journey of finding, uh, local sources. We took a week off from baking, um, so we could start trying to you know, track people down, which 
honestly was like me blind Googling. So like just different word combinations and then like just going on other other restaurants and bakeries in the area who I knew locally sourced going on their websites, just searching things on Instagram. I mean, just trying to find farmers and food producers who were willing to sell to us and who could sell to us. Um, Being in the Cottage Foods Act, we aren't as, it's not that there's like a lot of restriction of necessarily of who we can source from, but there are, like if you sell eggs through the Cottage Foods Act, you can only sell eggs to other people who are under the Cottage Foods Act or who are going to use them in their personal home for their families. And so when we started that journey, we were starting to reach out to people and talk to them. Um, you know, we were honest about who we were, what we were doing, what, what why we were coming to them, what we wanted from them, what we could do for them. Um, and when you share that story um, about being passionately dedicated to community investment and involvement and shortening the supply chain um, when it comes to food and the food that other people are consuming and spending their money on, you start to find more people who feel the same way. You start to see more of that same passion. I mean, that's, you know, that's one of the things we love the most about dry storage is that they feel the same way about sourcing and using and interacting. Um, And it's been really quite a beautiful journey um, to just find more and more of those people, just build that network, just know that we're not alone, not that we ever thought we were, but to know just how unalone we are in this belief. Um, And it's inspiring to know that there are so many other people out there running their companies, living their lives, with that same mindset and those same values and that together we can do something, hopefully yeah. <laughs> make a positive and, impact. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, not being alone. I think that's a huge key to it where uh, feeling alone, especially in a business where you feel like you're doing this for the first time, trailblazing it and do blind Google searches. You feel almost hopeless doing that stuff. Right. <laughs> um, and uh understanding that other people have gone through the same thing and they're imparting knowledge to you because they don't want you to feel that way. I'm sure they've felt that same way alone, you know, scared, be like, I don't know what the F I'm doing right now. So (laughs) I need more people to help. But yeah, that's, that's awesome that there's a camaraderie and there's some sort of security knowing that there's other people out there that are either struggling with you or benefiting with you. Right. Absolutely. So, it's a really nice family, tight knit family with the baking com- community that I'm noticing as well. As I have more guests on here, they're they're really tight knit. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really cool to see. You know, I I think uh, past all the blood, sweat, and tears, maybe that's what makes all the pastries that much better. But um, <laughs> you know, there's this uh, you know misery loves company sort of thing, but in a positive way where you're all miserable together. But you're like, hey, we got through it, right? We suffered that food poisoning in Munich, but now we got this company. <laughs> but awesome. That's a really cool story. Um, so uh, as far as your merch goes, I'm noticing that on your website, you guys are doing some holiday cookies. Uh, tell us a little bit more about your holiday cookies, what's in them, and um, how can I get my hands on them? Yeah, so we're doing um, two uh, kind of box sets 
this holiday season. So one of them is a collab with uh, Kate's Pet Food, which is our, our friend Elizabeth and her family. Um, and it's a pack of uh, six giant eggnog snickerdoodles and a pack of their uh, Chonkies dog treats that are made with all human grade ingredients um organic grain you make yourself um which is really awesome my dog loves them um and then the other uh box is um an assorted cookie box so we're doing uh eight snickerdoodle eggnog snickerdoodles um five uh republica del cacao uh brownies and Mm -hmm. Um, eight of the tahini chocolate chip cookies that also have uh, Sum Tahini, which is an awesome uh, woman-led tahini company. Um, and they also have Republica del Cacao uh, chocolate in them, which is uh, fair trade and uh, direct, direct to farmer uh, produced. Yeah. Where are those produced? Is that somewhere here in Colorado? Or? Republica del Cacao. Um, they, ha- they work with uh, chocolate plantations in... Uh, or in uh in like ecuador and uh, in south america uh other other areas of south america and they do some lines that are like uh specific to the country that you know like a single origin type of chocolate um and the one that we're using is from ecuador very cool yeah uh i had the pleasure of meeting elizabeth as well and uh and having some of her chonkies even personally i mean this stuff's really good <laughs> people say that they are delicious <laughs> right right um uh, i mean i wouldn't go out of my way to eat them myself but my dog is drooling over them so i need to actually re-up on them uh elizabeth if you're listening i need my hands on some more I, archie definitely needs some so but yeah i'm really glad you guys are doing that collaboration as well um that collaboration it's cookies for everyone for all uh household animals and species it's amazing um, so let's talk a little bit just outside of Moon Raccoon and uh, maybe outside of your products, but more of your values um, centered. Um, yeah, w- more of your values for the company. So uh, I saw that you guys are working with the local indigenous community Spirit of the Sun. Um, you know, I'm really glad that you guys are reflecting more and more on what you want the company to be built up as having that strong foundation is paramount when it comes to you know scaling up and making sure that the local community is served well and well represented right so with spirit of the sun um what are some of those values that you are instilling with the community and in what ways are you implementing them oh kind of like what i touched on before um one of the biggest things for us about being business owners is you know you ask the community invest in you so how do you return that investment um and zoe and i are both strong believers that the only people who can help who know how to help a community and what a community needs to thrive are the members of that community. And so with spirit of the sun specifically um, when we were coming into the holiday season at the end of November, we found ourselves in a bit of a personal conflict about, do we, do we participate um, in this holiday, commonly known as Thanksgiving, that we uh, refer to as Thanksgiving, which is a term that our friends at Spirit of the Sun uh, were kind enough to teach us that helps reframe uh, reframe the narrative um, about the true history of Thanksgiving um, and the impact of that and our history with the indigenous people of this country, as well as 
what the indigenous people of this country still continue to face um, in their everyday lives here in 2020. And so uh, through a friend of Zoe's, we were recommended to reach out to Spirit of the Sun um, because we knew we wanted to give back to the, you know, the Colorado Native American community. And we had a brief email exchange and then I did a uh, Zoom meeting with them. And I mean, they are phenomenal people doing phenomenal work. Um, they were incredibly kind and passionate and generous with their time with us and with their knowledge and their ability to teach us how to be better allies and in that way build a better and more positive allyship. Um, they are their mission is to build a more robust, um, resilient Native American community. Uh, and they do that primarily through working with youth and young adults uh, in the area. And they have so many programs that they're operating right now. They do uh, entrepreneurship programs to teach young, young Native Americans uh, how to be business owners, how to start their companies, how to run them online, how to be successful, how to manage their money. Um, they are working on a mentorship program right now, as well as a Native horticulture program. And the proceeds that we donated from our Thanksgiving sale went to the uh, the starting of their Native horticulture program that we're super excited to see when it launches and are hoping to be able to help them out again with. That is so cool. Uh, I'm glad that they have just one or more than one department that they're uh, helping out the local communities and the, the youth growing up, uh, just giving them that advantage to being more robust in this day and age. You know, it's uh, kind of sad that, you know, majority rules, but there's not as much minority representation. So this is a really good way to combat that and making sure that everyone's on the same equity playing field. So that's really cool. And uh, Zoe, you have friends in, in the spirit of the sun, right? Um, did you uh, grow my, up with... My friend Natalia works for the uh, Denver Indian Center. Um, and she got us in touch with uh, with spirit of the sun. Very cool. Yeah. And was it... Um, maybe this didn't come up on the very first business meeting back in January, but have you thought about any other um, communities that you want to directly serve? Maybe give a shout out on Instagram or something like that. Uh, has any topics like that come up in your conversations? Um, actually very recently uh, the fresh guys produce and Altamira, uh, which are two purveyors uh, here in Denver um, put together a GoFundMe for furloughed restaurant workers. And uh, we're donating 10% of our sales for the, whole month of December to their GoFundMe because, uh, you know, they've, they've been there for us, uh, when we need product for years and years, Altamira used to be our neighbor over at Hinman's. Um, they're awesome. And, you know, we just want to help out the people that are literally our direct, our direct friends and colleagues and coworkers and, and that have been affected by, uh, these COVID shutdowns. Yeah. Yeah. We also uh just recently started a um community investment resources like highlight on our Instagram page um where we're just as we're doing research as we're talking to other communities we're finding other programs um in our Denver community that are helping uh marginalized people and so whenever we've 
we've got somebody, um, we just throw up their, you know, all their information on our story, save it to the highlight. Um, and we hope to, you know, as we grow and as we, um, hopefully start having more resources ourselves, um, we can start expanding that area because, uh, food inequity is a huge, a huge thing we'd like to try and help address, uh, someday. (laughs) Yeah. It's a huge issue right now. And, uh, there are food lines, hours long. I mean, maybe here in Colorado, I'm not sure, but definitely in like, oh man, impacted communities. It's really sad. Um, while some other companies are flourishing and I find this to be a weird time to be alive. So, um, we definitely got to, uh, even out that playing field as much as we can. Um, that's awesome. I really enjoyed that. And your word is getting out. I mean, uh, Matt Doolin, who I had on here of Goody Get Rights, he also decided to donate a portion of, of his profits to Spirit of the Sun. And any little bit helps, you know, a, a lot of that recognition, even with, um, you know, getting the word out there of that indigenous community, as well as, you know, monetary value or even just volunteering, you know, any little bit helps. So that's really cool. I really like yeah. that. Yeah, we, you know, we only really know him through Instagram, but just to have that, that baking community come around again and, you know, be one with each other is, is awesome to, to see and to feel. Yeah. Yeah. Matt's probably like, you, y'all know how I feel about baking and it (laughs) takes long hours. I gotta, I gotta put my, some skin in the game for sure. That's cool. (laughs) Um, well, that is awesome. So, uh, in the future, um, have you thought about any other collaborations? I mean, it seems like you already have some with Kate's pet food with Elizabeth and, um, you're working with Svolina as well. Um, what else do you have for plans maybe before year's end, maybe in the near future? What are you thinking? Um, we have some more pop-ups planned with Svolina, uh, shout out to Jesse. She's awesome. Um, we met, uh, and I, our leading edge class at the small business development center here in Denver, uh, doing our business plans together. This was back when like, I didn't really know what my business plan was about. <laughs> like I knew it was a bakery, but I didn't really know exactly where it was going. Um, but we've stayed in touch and, uh, and also and- shout out to the SBDC for like being a phenomenal resource for small business people. Everybody, yeah, totally. if like they offer free classes, they offer guidance and assistance. Um, they can give you resources. They're yeah, free consulting if you take a class with them. They're they're really awesome. That's cool. What is SBDC? Uh, it's the Small Business Development Center, um, and they're all across uh, Colorado, and I'm sure they're in other states and cities as well. Um, but yeah, it's on 14th and Market, and it's just a. a group people who want to help small businesses succeed. It's great. <laughs> that is cool. One yeah. class and you get consulting forever? Question mark? Yeah, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's forever. Yeah, that it's is great. so cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're doing pop-ups of uh, take finish at home meals with, uh, with Spolina um, every other week, uh, at least for December and maybe beyond. We're not sure. Um, well, we're kind of playing that by ear, but it's been, it's the first one was really fun. And, uh, we're, you know, we're just trying to get our, get our name out there with as, as much as we can do while, while still having our other jobs. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, pretty much a struggle, right? I mean, it's almost like having two jobs plus, right. 
Yeah. It's a more than just 40 hours in clock out. There is no clock out. <laughs> Zoe and I are constantly texting each other um, <laughs> all hours of the day and night. Like just <laughs> I'll be at work and she'll just bombard me with 20 texts and then I'll get off work and I'll be like, all right, I'm going to sift through all of this. <laughs> uh, like it's every idea, every like every other thing. Plus our friendship are like, you know, our friendship is in there, too. Um, you never stop being at work once you start a business, which I think mm. we both knew. Um, yeah. And it's been real. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear from several people that have partners in their companies. It's like a marriage, you know, before, oh, yeah. you, before you even have uh, that business together, you're dating, you're wondering, wondering like <laughs> mentally, like, is this a good person to start a business with? You know, you start to think about your future. Then when you start something, that's a marriage. So kudos <laughs> kudos to y'all, you know, having to stick through it and uh, getting that relationship organically grown. Way to go. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, so uh, I do want to move on to the last segment of the show, the no-brainers. They're uh, questions I ask every guest. That'll make them say, that's a no-brainer, of course. So uh, we'll start with you, Zoe, and this will be for each question. Start with Zoe, then end it with Kate. Um, if you weren't baking your heart out, what profession would you be in, Zoe? I That's not a no-brainer for me because I, <laughs> I, I don't know what I would be doing if I was not doing baking things. I was thinking about that earlier. I texted Kate. I was like, I, I have no idea. I <laughs> my whole life. It's been my whole life for so long. I just, I, I have, I have no idea. Sign of a true baker. The pressure's <laughs> on Kate. Pressure's on. Um, my initial reaction to that question was also just like, um, but I would bake. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think, uh, I could see myself doing being more directly involved in community outreach and activism when it comes to food equity and equality. Um, it's just a huge passion for me. And it's something that um, I feel like I've been trying to be involved in, in my personal life for uh, at least a decade. Um, and yeah, I, I think I could commit to that as hard as I've committed to baking that or if somebody wants to pay me to travel and eat food, um, I <laughs> I can do that. I don't necessarily want to be on a TV show about it, but I I can do it. Hey, we need another Anthony Bourdain. I think you could be the next one. He's traveling around, talking, writing, being a cool narrator while trying different food. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. If uh, anybody out there has funding, let me know. <laughs> some extra cash lying around we'll see yeah um so who deserves a shout out and uh who's supported you or hyped you up along the way if has met moon raccoon what do you think zoe i got a lot of people i need to shout out first i gotta shout out my boyfriend grady because he puts up with uh, me having like a million baking things in the house he runs deliveries he stays up late with me decorating cookies like he's he makes us food he picks up food yeah (laughs) he's just a a pillar of support during all the things um gotta shout out elizabeth at kate's pet food uh gotta shout out jesse at spelina um i want to shout out uh gonzalo jimenez at mia chocolate uh he's been 
a mentor to me uh, for a really long time. Um, and he's an amazing chocolatier and pastry chef. I got a shout out to uh, Ariana Quant, my pastry chef at Uchi. She's really helped me elevate my game over the past year, uh, just putting flavors together and refining my presentation and and all that stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. Very cool. What about you, Kate? Well, I additionally want to shout out all of the the chef team at Uchi who like personally purchased pastries from us almost every week we sold them when we were furloughed uh, furloughed um my boss kim from miss b's vietnamese food truck who also has been a supporter of our bakery uh, with her personal finances since before i even worked for her who's super flexible with my time and is just like always down when i come in with a new thing to be sampled uh <laughs> she's always willing to eat it my dear friend Marie, who listens to all of my insane pastry ideas when she has <laughs> no idea what I'm talking about because she's a, not a pastry chef. She's a teacher and a psychologist. Um, and definitely my, as hard as I try not, she's also my informal therapist sometimes. I would say my parents and Zoe's parents, I think, I mean, for me personally, I have sprung some crazy ideas on my parents in the past. Uh, and they've always just kind of been like, okay, sounds good. Let, like, let us know what you need. When I told them I wanted to start a business with Zoe, um, you know, a thousand miles away from where I grew up with a person they've never met. Uh, they were just like, okay, let us know what you need. <laughs> uh, and, you know, buy our cookies and our merch and just show up for us when we need someone to be like, this is hard. Mm-hmm. So just the lending ear. Yeah. You know, just to lend that ear to <laughs> listen to every qualm you might have, even though they have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. It's, it's nice to have for sure. Awesome. So what is the next big thing for uh, Moon Raccoon? Uh, can the audience provide anything of value to you? Maybe, um, I mean, other than follows or things like that? Or what are you thinking? Uh, the biggest thing that's coming up for us is building out my garage into a bakery. Um, so, you know, if you have like a spare, you know, thousands of dollars um, that you want to send to us. like Or like a, a, a triple sink <laughs> or a hand sink or like an oven yeah. or a, a large Hobart stand mixer lying around. <laughs> Hit us up. Yeah. <laughs> That's the least we can do right now. I mean, uh, get the get the vibes out there. Hey, anything heavy duty, some Hobarts, uh, triple sinks, anything like that, people. Um, if you know anyone that's... Uh, you know, giving away at your local garage sale that <laughs> used to be a bakery. Let me know. Let us know. <laughs> We're working on launching a barter trade menu. Um, and so being able to reach people with our food who maybe can't financially uh, pay for it right now, being able to trade, especially with the holiday, holiday season coming around. So, I mean, if anybody out there has anything whether it's a skill set or a, a final product um let us know we're down to you know share what you've got with our audience and also do some trading uh if you're looking for some delicious cookies we have got you hey yeah. nice 
Um, I'm not much of a food person, but I love, uh, I'm a home brewer. I love making beer. Um, we I'm love, not sure. We love beer. Awesome. I have an American Amber and a blood orange IPA right now, but when that time comes around, I'll, I'll let you guys know. That sounds awesome. I mean, trading beer for cookies. Oh my God. That's what, what an no amazing brainer. No brainer. That's a no brainer. That's the society yeah. everyone wants to be living in. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. So uh, final question of the no brainers. What's the best way for people to contact you and get more information about Moon Raccoon? Uh, The best way to contact us is through our website, uh, moonraccoonbakingcompany.com. And then the second best way to reach us is Instagram. We're very active on Instagram. It's pretty much been our only sales channel until we made our website a few weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> so hit us up on there. We're very responsive. Uh if you want to just chat or you have baking questions or whatever. Yeah. We're we're on there. And it's slide into our DM. <laughs> Uh, and if you're not on Instagram, but you're still looking to reach out, our email address is moonraccoonbakingco at gmail.com. Um, and whether you just want to know where to find us or you want to be a part of our email list, uh, we send out an email. At the beginning of every month, to talk about what we're doing, what our menus look like, our pop-ups, um, who we're donating to this month, uh, information like that. Uh, or if you want to do a collaborative, uh, let us know. Yeah, hit us up, creatives. We want to work with you. Creatives. Everyone listening out there, you know, hit up Moon Raccoon. <laughs> it's an amazing, amazing process. Thank you so much, Zoe and Kate. This has been a genuine pleasure. Um, I haven't had this much fun in a while. Uh, I might be saying something about my work-life balance, but uh, <laughs> yeah, this this is good. I'm, I'm glad I had some smiles and laughs in here. So I appreciate your time and effort uh, for coming out here out of your busy schedules. And I hope to get the word out there for Moon Raccoon. And, um, you know, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having us. This was awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yes, that was awesome. I had such a good time hanging out with uh, Kate and Zoe from Moon Raccoon Baking Company. Um, yeah, super fun. I haven't had that much fun in a while. So um, yeah, I, I hope you guys enjoyed it. But um, I really liked some of the topics that we talked about from the unintended benefits of having double O's in your business name, uh, the differences in wild yeast changing every five to 10 miles from place to place, and even the trials and tribulations of starting a bake sale thought those stories were really cool and just add that extra depth of knowledge and experience before starting that moon raccoon making company. I really enjoyed that. But uh, my favorite part is the values that Kate and Zoe wanted to instill in their business prior to it expanding. Um, Having those ideological goals established uh, between the two keeps the business chugging along with that foundation set. Um, the partnership within the business is more at ease knowing that you both are aiming for the same goal. So I thought that was really cool. So before I let you guys go, um, just want to remind you all that I'll be starting a giveaway for several previous guests on the show, including cream kimchi, a jar of that, uh, Svolina, Miso Hot, Kate's Pet Food, and I'll have some other stuff in there. Uh, my wife, Kat, is going to be making it look all nice and pretty. I'm going to be putting some details all on Instagram and uh, I'll tell you how to enter into the giveaway before the Christmas season. And um, 
yeah, it's going to be a huge bundle. Um, you're going to be helping out the local businesses and helping out me, Big Locals Podcast over here. So uh, be excited. Uh, I'll let you know when it'll start, how to enter and how to win. Remember to leave a like, subscribe, follow, comment, and all that good stuff to help out with the Big Locals Podcast and get the locals word out into the world. So thanks again. Thanks for hanging out. And remember, shop local, support local, Big Locals Podcast. See ya. I can never stay gone. Can't ever stay gone. I can't ever stay gone.